Welcome to Fresh Off The Set. I'm Carrie Hawker-Diaz. And I'm Alora Murray. Thank you so much for joining us. I know I say that every single time, but I truly am so grateful that you have all taken the time to listen because we love doing these podcasts and we love that you're listening. We really do appreciate it. We want to keep doing them. So please listen, whether you're at <laughs> home, whether you're in the car, at the office, we really appreciate you listening to Fresh Off The Set. So we have a fun one today. I love this one. Okay, so this one, if you are a beauty fan, if you love love fashion, if you are wondering about branding, if you are interested in social media, this podcast is for you. Very well-rounded. You sit down, uh, Carrie, with Mackenzie Judge, who, like I said, she's a beauty, public relations, social media extraordinaire. She is so awesome. She really is. She really is. She's launching her own company, her own PR company, and it just fits her. Her just, it reminds me a lot of you too, pink. <laughs> I know you love pink. I she, sure do. She is just, she loves pink. She talks about um, her recently launched company um, with me and what she's doing, how she can help your company. It's called Blonde PR and she's just beaming about it. Don't you think she's just so excited? Oh, she is so excited. And there is nothing, well, there's nothing more exciting to me than when someone just goes after their dream. Mm-hmm. And she she figured out her talent. She knows what she's good at. And she was like, you know what? This is something I've always wanted to do. I'm just going to go for it. And I think that's so inspiring. It's so inspiring. Yeah. And and we went to her launch party um, a couple weeks ago. And it's just, you just feel that she's going places and you just want to support that. Oh, absolutely. And be here for her. I joked with her at the event. It was like partially joking, but I was really serious. Um, I was like, well, can't wait to see you on the cover of Forbes. <laughs> Which isn't too far off. Like mark our words right here today on Fresh Off the Set. She yeah. will be on, a, whether it's Forbes or whatever it is, she's going to be going places. This, yes, I was just going to say, this woman is going places. Even Vogue. Like, yeah. she just says she's beautiful, yeah. so she could be on Vogue. She's going to take her whole pink brand with her. <laughs> Paint yes. the world pink. Yes, painting <laughs> the world pink. Well, should we give it a listen? Let's do it. I am here with one of my favorite people on the planet, Mackenzie Judge. Thank you so much for being on our podcast today. Thank you for having me. You're one of my favorite people on the planet. We are so happy to have you. So, okay, for people that aren't familiar with you, tell us a little bit about who you are. Yes. So I graduated from ASU with a BA in business administration. Um, I say that only because I'm kind of recently out of college, about two years um, I'm the host of the Blondie Beauty podcast, and I am the founder and CEO of Blonde PR. Okay, amazing. And with your, tell us what, I mean, you, beauty, I mean, we can kind of guess what your podcast is about, but tell us about your podcast. Yes, so definitely about beauty. I kind of bring on experts in the space, really anyone. I kind of bring on, you know, makeup artists or chemists or editors or influencers, really anyone in the space. I love to just kind of selfishly be able to one-on-one connect with these people, but also create content for an audience who loves beauty like I do. So it's just a fun kind of passion project and space for me to create beauty content for people who love it like me. So much fun. Okay. And PR, if people aren't familiar with PR, can you kind of explain what that is? Yeah. So PR is essentially exposing a brand or personality or entrepreneur, whoever it may be to the media, basically getting the word out about them in different ways and strategies. So there's so many ways to do PR. It is a endless world of 
things that you can do. And that's why I love it so much because my brain works so fast that I love I can always do different things. Um, but essentially, it's exposing people to the media. Totally. Well, and the times are changing. So it's like you're probably always having to think outside yeah. of the box and to do different things. And if someone is wanting to build their brand on social media, how do you how do you build a brand? I always tell people you need to be as authentic as possible. We are in a world now that is so, so, so digital. Mm -hmm. Everything's on social media. Everything's online. Everything's done virtually, especially post-COVID. We've picked up a lot of new things and ways to do this. Yeah. Um, and so we see a lot of influencers and founders and brands just kind of posting to post or posting for a check or posting to just kind of show their face, but it's not always in genuine content. So when people are really trying to build a brand or build a following or build a network or a community, I always say be genuine and authentic because people will pick up on that and they'll feel it and they'll know what's real and what's kind of a little bit more of a facade. We see influencers nowadays picking up any kind of brand deal, right? And we like we know that you're not using this lens cleaner because you love this lens cleaner. You're using this yep. lens cleaner because they're paying you good money, which is great. And I understand influencers need to make money and a lot of them have made it their, you know, primary income. Um, but I think finding a way to put yourself in a position to be authentic with it mm -hmm. will make you stand out from the crowd because there are so many people doing it in a non-authentic way right now. Yeah. Well, I think people crave that authenticity, right? We're yeah. looking for that because we've had that for so long. We're We've seen people uh, advertising these products on their social media, and you're right. You're like, well, that's not that's not too believable. So right. if it's somebody that we can actually connect to, and we can feel like they're actually being themselves, it's it's much easier to like them and connect and yes. be comfortable with them. What about you? How did you begin building your brand on social media? Honestly, kind of through my love of beauty. In high school, I just kind of started posting products that I loved. Um, influencing was not really a thing back then, um, but this is when stories were coming out. So it was really fun to post something that only lasted for 24 hours. So I would post just genuine products that I was loving, the Drunk Elephant Baby Facial, my facial steamer at night, just things that I loved. Um, and then I kind of grew that into a social media manager position that I had in college. Um, it was an internship position, but I worked for a senior Forbes contributor um, and she was also the host of a podcast over at Dear Media in L.A. And working with her in social media, I learned so much about strategizing. So then I kind of started strategizing my own social media, learning things that I would learn from her and kind of that internship. Um, and then it just kind of branched into that's kind of how I started my podcast. I worked in PR. I just learned along the way how to kind of build and strategize on social media. By no means do I have this monumental following, but I think I have a good group of people who are like me and is kind of my target demographic and people that I'm trying to reach anyways. Um, and I would much rather have, you know, a good quality over quantity over there in terms of return and who's watching and actually paying attention. So I think that's kind of how it went for me. Obviously, that's like a very generic. It was over, I would say, seven or eight years of time. But definitely just learning and kind of growing and adjusting with how social media is changing too. Yeah. And I think now, nowadays you have, like you just mentioned, quality over quantity. I think, right. you know, you're looking, we used to look at followers and how many, but it's almost like the interaction and the quality of your followers, the it's quality of your content. Oh, so true. And I mean, working in PR too, I see this a lot. And obviously in PR, you want to work with the big influencers, right? Like everyone right now wants to work with Alex Earl. Great. If you can work with her, do it. It will probably change your business. But the micro influencer will post so much more organically for you than the macro because the macro doesn't need you. 
they want your money, which is great, but the micro-influencers are still building and they're hustling and they're hungry and they want to perform for you and put together good quality content so that other brands then want to work with them. So I actually look more in the micro-nano kind of category when I'm building campaigns versus the macro, unless I have a brand that has a budget to work with someone like Alex Earl or Addison Ray, but that's usually not the case, which is normal in business. In normal in business. Okay, totally. I just, I, and I have no idea how much this costs and, and but do you like <laughs> just a range? Can you give us a, a price range of say I have a company and I have a face cream and I want Alex Earl to do a TikTok with my face cream? Like, what am I looking at to pay? I would you think? say she is pushing high five, early six figure numbers for one post right now. Oh my gosh, yeah. you're meaning like so like two three hundred grand like maybe or more for just one product to do like a one minute TikTok. Unless it's something she would like, unless it's a brand I think she's dying to work with. If she's maybe someone who's never heard of you and you're dying to have her wear it. Mm -hmm. Yes. If it's something like, I don't know an example, but you know, maybe a brand that she's obsessed with. I've heard things where she, you know, cuts her rates because she's more interested in working with them than they are with her. Because she has a connection to it. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, What social media platform is your favorite and why? Instagram, which I think would shock a lot of people because I, I'm very, very, very on the cuff, but I do fall into Gen Z. I wish I didn't, but I do. Um, I am a Gen Zer, but you know that's where TikTok is predominant. Everyone seems to love it. Obviously, we're hearing rumors it might go away, um, and if it does, it does. But I love Instagram because I see it as a lot more of a slow and steady wins the race platform, mm. where TikTok is a little bit more ten minutes of fame platform. Both have great benefits. I think both are very vital for brands nowadays. I think TikTok is great. You can sell out a product multiple times over there. You can gain a following overnight. You can gain a presence. That's great. But we usually see that fall off a lot quicker than people who have been building on Instagram for years and years and years. Um, Obviously, websites are still really important, but Instagram is kind of like your virtual catalog now. It's a very aesthetic way to set up your product-facing you know, aesthetic and make people be able to see what you have in front of it. And it's Mm -hmm. very easy to shop over there. Whereas, you know, a website is usually another couple clicks to get to, but Instagram's just a lot quicker to get people hooked and get you to follow them and all of those things where I just see TikTok being like a lot more of like a quicker return rate. Um, Again, I think it's great to have both brands should be on both, but if you know, TikTok goes away, definitely make sure you're building your Instagram now. Just to hold that down, just to yeah. make sure you have that page. If if you're a company and you already have Instagram, should you be looking at building a TikTok page too? Yeah, I think while it's here, use it because it does have those benefits, right? You can make a lot of money in a quick way over there. And I think that's great. And if you do it, keep doing it as much as you can. I just think Instagram has a lot more, I would say like grounded longevity where we just see it being around a lot longer. They're always building in reels. They're doing a lot of things that TikTok is doing, but in a more organized business way where TikTok is a lot more kind of unhinged and you just post whatever you want to post and things aren't so curated over there or strategic. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like film something, don't really edit it, throw it up, see just what happens. Just get it up there. Yeah. Where Instagram is so much more like, let's plan this. We have social media managers over there. We have a much more curated feed, an aesthetic, a way that we want to post things. And we've just seen so much more benefit over there. In terms of long-term game, of course, there's those quick sellouts on TikTok, but that doesn't happen to everyone either. Those are, you know, kind of one in a couple hundred thousand. 
lessons. So yeah, yeah, it just depends on if yours gets caught in the algorithm or not. That's true. I know. It's always like, okay, cross my fingers. I'm going to put yeah, something up exactly. on TikTok and like hope it makes it big. You know, it just it's you it's... and the rest of us. <laughs> we're like, come on, this is the one. This but... is the one. You always think it's going to go big. Okay. Um, in a world where there's an overabundance of content to consume, how do you make your content or clients' content stand out? How do we how yeah. do we try at least to get those you know big likes big how do we do it? How do we do it? Well, there's a lot of backlinking that you can do in social media, and this is what a lot of social media managers know. There's a lot of loopholes that you can do within more so Instagram. I'm not the best at algorithms on TikTok, but more so Instagram, there's things that you can do that really do boost your post. Um, and I would say, again, just being genuine and authentic with your content is what's going to really help you stand out. I know that sounds so generic, but if you can find something about yourself or about your brand and just make that the focus of your page, it will eventually prevail and people will see it and the right demographic will connect with it. Um, you know, like for me, I love pink. And if you go look at my feed, everyone knows me because I'm like the pink girl <laughs> and that's fine and I love it. Um, but that's kind of what's my little thing that makes me stand out about me. And the girls who are also like me that are super girly and pink loving and beauty loving seem to find me and follow me. And those are the people I connect with most on Instagram. It's not you know, the tomboy girl, which is fine, but, you know, I'm kind of reaching my target demographic because I'm putting out my authentic self in terms of my outfits or what I'm posting or where I'm going or what I'm doing, and mm -hmm. I really try to make that, you know, prevalent to people. Are hashtags still a thing? They are, but, I mean, I think the thing with hashtags, too, and a lot of social media managers also know this, is we try to stay within hashtags that have 10,000 posts to a million posts. Once you're hitting hashtags that have over a million, you're getting so lost in the algorithm, unless you're Alex Earl or someone who's at the top of the platform right now. Um, it's really easy to get lost. And if you're doing those hashtags that just have a ton and ton and ton, it's really hard to stick out. In oh, those. that makes sense. So tell, so 10,000 at least to how many did you say? About a million. I mean, the okay. less you can be in, the better. But you also want to make sure it's a hashtag that people are looking at. So if it's a hashtag that only has a couple hundred, no one's searching that anyways. So you're not going to get seen there. But if it's millions of people hashtagging pink, then you're lost in a it's million pink posts. So you have oh. to kind of find strategic hashtags that are within a good range and a good number of not too little, but not too many, if that makes sense. That totally makes sense. Okay, that really helps. Because I, you know, consistently put up like whatever hashtags I can because you hear hashtags, all the hashtags. But that, yes. that makes sense. Thanks for breaking it down. Um, have you always been obsessed with beauty, too? Yes, always, always, always. Since I can remember being a little girl, my dad taking me to the grocery store, I would always make him buy me the same pink shade of Revlon lipstick. I had like 20 of them, <laughs> like the same shade every time. And he was like, oh, my God. And I just loved it. And I don't know where it came from. My mom is not into beauty. My grandma's somewhat into it. But she's older, and she doesn't know a ton about the newer market. And obviously, my dad's not super into it. And I have a little sister, and she's kind of the same as my mom. So it's really just me and my family that's, like, so obsessed with it. I don't know where it came from. But, yeah, it's always been here. But I think that's why you do so well, especially on your, your podcast and your following, is because you are authentic and you, you are you're talking about what you love to do, right? So Thank you, you. – um, do you have a favorite beauty tip, by the way, that you could share with us that, you're, that you've, like, recently found or just, like, an old-school one that's, like, tried and true? So something I recently learned, actually, I was interviewing a makeup artist for my podcast the other week, and she also has her own makeup line. She taught me something so interesting about contouring. So when you're contouring or bronzing, you look in front of a mirror, and you get a light, and you put it, like, right in front of you, and you look down, and where the shadows are is where you want to contour. Oh. That sounds so, like, oh, duh, 
but you don't think about doing it. And like, you know, everyone kind of contours in the same area, jawline, upper cheekbone, you know, maybe you do the three on your forehead, great. But you don't realize until you look in front of the light that maybe you were right on or maybe you were a little bit Just off. a little off and it could make a big difference. It can totally lift your face in a different way. It can accentuate different features in a different way. It's so interesting. And when she taught me that, she learned it in theater makeup because she grew up doing um, theater. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was so interesting because we're just taught to, you know, contour in that three. Just kind of guess where Which we... is great. But everyone has a different bone structure. Everyone mm-hmm. has, you know, different facial features. Some people have, you know, had work done or did this and that. And so it changes over time as well. So it's it's interesting because doing this little trick will give you exactly where you're supposed to contour specifically for your bone structure. So you're just looking straight. You have the light like straight in front of you. Right. And then you tilt so down. You put it like a head like in front of you and a little high. Okay. So like think it could be a ring light. It could just be like a lamp if you want to put a lamp there. But just like a little light so that you can get any kind of shadow mm-hmm. and just make sure it's like dead on. And then just look down in front of a mirror and it will give you exactly where you're supposed to bronze. Oh my gosh, you're changing so the game. Mackenzie, this is, that's a good one. Okay, I have to try that one next time I do my contouring. Um, um, you also have a PR company. Tell us about that and how it got started. Yes, so this is brand new. I am announcing it in May. I think this might come out after May, but... Brand new in May. I'm so excited to be doing this. I've been in PR for about three years now. It kind of fell in my lap. I was not planning on doing this in college. Um, My dream career has always been to formulate my own cosmetic line, which is also in the works. Um, But I thought I'd go straight into that after college, which, of course, you know, me being naive and in college, that's not how things (laughs) go. Um, But PR kind of fell in my lap. And as I did it more and more, I realized how much I love the inner workings of business. Um, I grew up in a very entrepreneurial household. My dad has owned businesses for 30 years. So before I was born, I'm just about to turn 24. I'm a baby. Um, But I learned so much just growing up in that. And I saw so much. And it made me always know I had this entrepreneurial drive. I just knew I was going to do it in a very like me kind of way, whether that was beauty or I'm really into fitness. So I didn't know what it was going to be yet. Um, And I didn't know I was going to own my own PR firm until really a couple of weeks ago. And I worked for an agency for a while and it was great, but I kind of was just ready to do my own thing. Um, I learned a lot there. I saw a lot there and it just kind of put me in this direction that I was ready to do my own. And so I'm really excited We're a full service agency. We do all PR things, the traditional, the modern, up-to-date ways of doing PR. Um, We're full service digital services, and we do event planning and coordination. So, And what is it called? Blonde PR. Blonde PR. Which, of course, but... It's perfect. It's perfect. Congratulations (laughs) on that, Mackenzie. Thank you so much. That's really, really exciting. Thank Um, you. And speaking of PR and all the companies you work with, you probably have worked with a lot of celebrities and clients. Can you name any celebrities that you have worked with? Someone that was really fun for me was Ashley Park, and we did her for the Met Gala. Oh, Ashley Park. I love her. She plays Mindy in Emily in Paris, if you know who she is. So we worked with her hairstylist to do a really fun hair look for the Met Gala last year, and that was just so fun for me. And she ended up wearing a pink look, which we didn't know her dress or anything beforehand. Obviously, we couldn't know. But when she hit the runway, I was like, she's in my favorite outfit, too. (laughs) Like, she genuinely was my favorite look of the night. So that was so fun. And I mean... I wouldn't say I work with like top, you know, like Hollywood A-lister, like actor people, but lots and lots of influencers, lots of kind of like micro celebrities, TV personalities, um, celebrity makeup artists and estheticians. I love working with them. People in beauty are just the best to me. Everyone's so sweet in that industry and I love it. But yeah, definitely a really fun industry and you get to meet 
so many fun people so fast and you grow your network so fast. Um, it's crazy. I'm like, I can't believe I am here already, but I'm just <laughs> excited to see where it goes. Meant to be. Absolutely. Yes. Um, if someone's interested in the PR field, what advice do you have for them? I would say I hope you like to multitask because it is a very, very, very quick moving game with a long-term strategy. So it can get frustrating really fast, um, but you just have to be patient and really learn how to pivot in business. You can't be kind of someone who just needs to be a control freak, which is funny because I am in all aspects of life except for when it comes to business. Um, be really good at delegating. Trust your team with what's going on. Be organized. Be a really good communicator. Um, be honest with your team and with your clients. Um, I would say that's the number one key thing in PR. It goes a long way. It goes a long way, and it's it's really interesting because PR, a lot of people will overpromise and underdeliver, and I see this in the industry a lot because, you know, people want to work with certain people, so they'll say, hey, we'll do this for you, or hey, we'll do this for you, and, you know, maybe they think they can, and then they don't, or maybe they know they can't, and then they don't, mm-hmm. um, but either way, I think it's so important to under promise and over deliver. Your clients will be 10 times happier. Um, your team will be 10 times less stressed because their clients are 10 times happier. And it just really helps to, I would say, honesty is just the number one thing. It honesty. really helps to be honest. That's, that's really good in everything, right? It's so important. Um, so important. Quickly, can you tie these two together? A motto that's carried you through your career and then tie that into your podcast and where we can follow you and with your podcast and what your podcast is. Yes. So my motto and favorite quote forever is beauty comes from within. And I love it because beauty is one of my favorite words in the universe and beauty ties into everything that I love doing. And a lot of people think beauty is always an exterior word, which yes, in my industry, maybe it is. Um, But I think beauty on the inside holds so much weight and it is so important. And it kind of ties back into honesty and authenticity and being genuine And I think people just really pick up on all of that. So if you can have beauty from within, you'll be more beautiful on the outside. And it all just ties in together. So that's always been my favorite quote. It's actually my screensaver on my phone when you unlock it. I always have it to look at it every single day. Um, And I love it. So yes, and then the podcast is the Blondie Beauty Podcast. Um, We're on Apple, Spotify, really all platforms that stream podcasts. And then you can follow me on Instagram. It's Mackenzie with two E's and then Judge with two E's. Um, the last one was my old Instagram that got hacked. <laughs> oh, shoot. So we had to add an E to my first and last <laughs> name. Um, and then Blonde PR will be launching in May, and you can find us at blondepr.com, and we can chat. Amazing. That's where if uh, we have a company or and we want your help to help you know, get our name out there and our product. That's, is that the best place to go? Yes. Best place to go. Or you can DM me on Instagram. I always stay up to date with my DMs being a publicist. You have to key thing. Um, but yes, either way. Okay. You're amazing. Thank you so much for chatting with us today, Mackenzie. Thank you. This was so fun. And congrats on the company. And I want to finish off first. We're going to do a fresh five real quick with you. You ready? Yes. Okay. What is one thing you have to have in your fridge? Like at all times? Gosh, my Fridge. Oh, geez. What's one thing that you love? Is it like a condiment, like a sauce, or like I always have Parmesan cheese because I just love Parmesan cheese and everything. Is there one thing that you're like, I have to have in this fridge? Okay, this is so weird, but it's vanilla almond milk because I have to have it with Honey Nut Cheerios before bed every night. I love that. Like, I have to. <laughs> <laughs> That's and great. And I'm lactose intolerant, so it has to be almond. It has to be almond the milk. The vanilla is sweeter. I don't know. That's it. That's what it is. That's great. That's great. Okay, favorite TV show of all time? Oh, gosh. Do you have a favorite or one of your favorites? Probably Keeping Up with the Kardashians, even though it's not on anymore. The Hulu one's still good, but, like, forever the OG one. Okay, the OG one. seen every episode. Okay, one habit you wish you could break? Uh, Washing my hands too much. I'm a germ freak, and it will never go away. So 
I guess that. You know, I don't think that's a bad one, right? You're clean. That's, that's okay. That's right. I'm like, I guess, yeah, like, that's an interesting one, but it's like excessive. But that's okay. It's fine. That's fine. Okay, favorite fashion trend of all time? Oh, gosh. I love wearing masculine clothes in a feminine way, which is very weird because I wear a lot of pink, but like I'm always in a blazer or a pants suit. Yeah, you do. That's, that's a good point. You do that very well. Thank you. And I love wearing dresses and skirts and all the things, but I am very into like a masculine, kind of like making it a power suit. Mm in a girly way and it's usually pink so obviously it looks feminine but it's a masculine silhouette which Coco Chanel started that oh. little fun fact look at that good to know okay last one you're ordering coffee what is it Ooh, it's a tall vanilla latte with oat milk when I drink coffee I don't drink coffee too often so when I don't it's a tall hot chocolate with oat milk no whip love it yeah <laughs> she knows <laughs> like, what she wants just being honest <laughs> <laughs> she knows what she wants well Mackenzie it's been so fun to get to know you a little better. Congrats on the company and uh, please come back. Thank you. I will be back anytime. Okay, great to chat with you. And thank you for listening to another episode of Fresh Off the Set. Please rate, review, and subscribe. And we will see you next week. Congrats, you made it to the end. If you want to continue to freshen up your day, you can watch us on Fresh Living every weekday on CBS Channel 2 in Utah at 1 o'clock. You can also watch us on our YouTube channel, KUTV Fresh Living, and follow us on social media. We will see you next week.